0: Hello, Chicago! Oh, you love that a little too much. Yeah, it's my—it's really
1: the only reason we do live shows—is that yep. one moment. Well, we are here. We're doing another live recording in Chicago. We have only done this show so far with Chicago, right? We did it in Atlanta. We talked about that toilet paper it. orientation. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming that you've picked some kind of Chicago flavor topic for. What about hot dogs? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to talk a little, a little bit about a municipal
0: project that took place in the 1850s and 60s. So John Voorhees remembers that. And it was called Project Raise the Roof. No, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. No, no. I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was. We're going to talk about the raising of Chicago. It was a two-decade project in which engineers raised the height of central Chicago. That means streets, sidewalks, hot dog stands whole buildings were raised between uh, 4 and 14 feet higher than their original elevation. I'm sure there was some good reasons, which we'll probably get into, but, like, but why? I mean, you ever have those ideas late at night? Like, what if the <laughs> city was taller? It's not that. So, uh, Chicago was originally built, in someone's great wisdom, in basically what you could call a bog. Mm. right? So you have uh, Lake Michigan, which I'm told is a body of water here. I don't know. I haven't been downtown this time. Uh, I think it's down there still. Small, I think. But the city was basically like this, like an inch higher in elevation than the lake. And as you may imagine, that led to some horrific drainage problems.
1: At the time, Chicago had no sewer or meaningful draining system of any kind. The city tried to regrade major roads so that water wouldn't run off them back into the lake, but it didn't work. Next, the idea was, well, we'll just build retention walls
0: where the city meets the lake to keep the water out. Right? Just build some walls. So oh, common <laughs> refrain. Oh, <don't. laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> These, <laughs> These walls were built out of wooden planks. And if you know anything about wood and water, they don't hold up very long. Uh, so they just couldn't keep the lake water out of the city. And when it rained, again, the falling water often had no place to go.
1: So coupled with a lack of a city sewer, this meant that ye olde Chicago wasn't really a nice place to be. There was a joke that there was enough mud in the streets to kill a horse. The story goes that a pedestrian came upon a man whose head and shoulders protruded from the muck in the middle of the street. Can I help? asked the passerby. No, thank you, replied the man. I have a fine horse under me. (laughs) (laughs) Poor horse. So sad. So that's
0: clearly terrible to imagine, but the diseases that thrived in these conditions may be even worse. From the late 1840s to the mid-1850s, Chicago was subjected
1: to epidemic after epidemic. These outbreaks included typhoid fever and dysentery. The former caused high fevers, rashes, and some really just not great digestive stuff. The (laughs) latter leads to massive weight loss and other unpleasantries due to some very bad digestive stuff. You seem uncomfortable. I don't want to read what you wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) The straw that broke the camel's back came in 1854. Cholera swept through Chicago, killing some 6% of the population. By the end, 3,500 people were taken uh, by cholera. I don't want to talk about how cholera kills you, but it's some digestive stuff. (laughs) I mean... This all sounds pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. Let's just move on before. I this. I saw some hand sanitizer. I'm you, just going to go, go? for okay. that.
0: I'll just read both parts.
1: Yeah. I can do accents. <laughs> I can do accents. You can't. So clearly, six percent of the population dies. The public demands action. In December of 1866, the newly created Chicago Board of Sewerage Commissioners—the newly created—it's like we well, guess we got to do this at some point—led by Ellis S. Chesbrough crafted a plan to save the city from the lake and water that it left behind. But I guess we'll hear more about that after the break. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. They'll let you grab a unique domain name, customize award-winning templates and more. Whether you want to create a store, a blog, site for your business, or just about any website at all, Squarespace has all of the tools that you're going to need. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They're on only one platform. They have 24-7 support and you can sign up for a free trial. Just go to squarespace.com slash and when you sign up for a plan, use the code UNGENIUSED to get yourself 10% off. Their plans start at $12 a month, but you get that 10% off when you use the code UNGENIUSED at checkout. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. So back to
0: Chicago. They can't keep the water out. Mm-hmm. The wall didn't work. Yep. So they decided to let gravity do it. Our old friend, Gravity. <laughs> everyone's favorite. Can't always rely on gravity. But this is where the elevation problem comes in, right? The city's not higher than the lake, so that the water it can't. It can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So the idea was we'll raise the elevation of the city so water could flow out of the city and give engineers room to build a sewer to further help drainage and keep things like human waste at bay.
1: I mean, that all sounds brilliant, but how, how do you do that? How does it work?
0: So let's get into it. The roads were pretty easy. So imagine a road. They just lay the sewer on top of the road that we know. They backfill it with dirt and gravel Mm -hmm. and uh, complete with the new invention of manhole covers. (laughs) Started right here. Uh, These pipes would then be buried, and a new road surface would be poured above it, leaving the
1: covers uh, for access later. Smaller buildings like houses and offices were often simply relocated to new places of higher ground. To lift
0: the bigger buildings, the city turned to George Pullman. The engineer and inventor had come up with a method for lifting buildings slowly and safely. It involved installing sometimes thousands of these large jack screws under the building. They would all be turned in unison by an army of men. Once elevated, the new foundation would be put in place under the building, taking the weight off the jacks.
1: In January of 1858, Palmer's technology was put to the test when the first masonry building was raised. Standing at a corner of both Randolph and Dearborn, the four-story, 70-foot-long building weighed an estimated 750 tons. With 200 jack screws, it was raised a little over six feet with no harm to the structure or its contents.
0: How do you estimate the weight of a building?
1: That just, that just <laughs> popped into my mind as we're reading this. Like... I don't know. Like, how do you realize you're going to put 200 screws under it and lift it up? It's like, true. People can do incredible things. Fair. So Pullman brought the concept to Chicago, but engineers James
0: Brown and James Hollingsworth really ran with it and raised more buildings than any other firm in the city eventually taking on, as we'll see, larger and larger projects. In
1: 1860, the two Jameses, along with Pullman, worked to raise half a city block on Lake Street. The 320-foot strip included shops and offices up to five stories tall. The area covered almost an acre and weighed some 35,000 tons. This blows my mind.
0: The businesses there didn't close for the work. (laughs) I guess we got stuff <laughs> to sell. Because you wanna
1: th- raise it, I don't wanna raise it. Yeah. You know
0: it went very slowly. That's that's <laughs> yeah. one reason this was safe. And so uh six hundred men <laughs> safe. Six hundred men, six thousand jack screws raised it four feet and eight inches over the course of five days. Again, all the business was
1: open. I love it. Needless to say, this caused quite the commotion, even in a city pretty used to such projects by this point. Thousands came to watch the work, and on the final day were allowed to walk under the raised structure. <laughs> what? Why, would you, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? Uh, like, on, oh, I... little Jimmy, just go under. Yeah, I wonder if they had to sign a waiver. Obviously not. <laughs> Uh, then there's the Tremont House, a six-story hotel which has a huge footprint. Five hundred workers with five thousand jacks raised the building a full six feet without ever closing the hotel. One patron was puzzled to note that the front steps leading down from the street into the hotel were becoming steeper every day. <laughs> <laughs> How would you not know? And then when he checked out, the win- when he checked out, the windows were several feet above his head, whereas before they'd been at eye level. You'd be thinking you're having a breakdown. Or shrinking. It's like the Royal Dahl book, the twits, right? Where they're like, ever so slowly over time, make everything... Anyway, maybe this is a... It's based on the story, did you know that? I didn't know that. You didn't either, because it's not true. Mm. The Robbins building is also an example of just how well this worked. This building was built of iron, weighed 27,000 tons, but was laid out over a much smaller area than projects like the city block or the hotel. It meant that the weight was much more concentrated over fewer jacks, but it was lifted 27 and a half inches without breaking a sweat i'm sure someone broke a sweat yeah i don't know why i said when i said that i was like that's not true yeah that dudes, sounds like really hard work yeah, like dude's there, under a building yeah,
0: that, lifting it up mm-hmm. by 1864 work began on a two-mile tunnel from the city into the lake and this was to pull in fresh water from further out mm-hmm. this meant that drinking water would be less contaminated by the waste being dumped
1: from the city into the lake so over time, the city had issues with sewage again, even though the flow of the Chicago River had been reversed to carry water out to the lake. By 1900, the Chicago Sanitary and Ship Canal opened, increasing the river's flow away from the city. That's the story. Probably next year, I guess. We'll, we'll do, put a
0: pin in that. Yeah. We'll do it next year. Sure. This story is bananas. Mm-hmm. I grew up in construction. My parents built houses when I was a kid. They still do. So I've been around this. But lifting, not that. well, not this, right? Yeah. Like building houses is child's play compared to this.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> so sorry. You're going to get home and your house is going to be two feet off the ground. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look what we did.
1: <laughs> we can do it. So, most
0: of our topics are sent in by listeners. This, however, was chosen in honor of our friend, Dr. Drang. Yep. So, Dr. Drang, this goes out to you. Uh, if you have ideas for fun Wikipedia topics or just things that you want explained, uh, you can get in touch with us. You can go to the website, relay.fm slash slash 65. We have a bunch of links there this week. But there's an email link, and you can find us on Twitter. The show is at ungeniused, and you can find Mike there as I M Y K E, and you can follow me there as ISMH. And until our next cholera outbreak, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios. <laughs> All right.